From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Great spot. That was awesome. And I really meant it. If we change it to just who's getting the alcohol, we're just going to get drunk all the time, I'm going to nominate myself. Some horse's ass who does not love this country. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Tuesday. Another uh, scintillating open by one Ari and the vast production crew at Lotus Broadcasting. Adam, how often do you hear the opens and then you're like, I don't even know what we were talking about. I didn't say that. Uh, usually almost every time. Uh, but I, I know, I remember the, the conversation about, you know, whose responsibilities are what in the apocalypse. Oh, my God, he nailed it. Wow. Good one. That yeah. seems like that would be old. I got that one, though. Nice. Good memory. Yeah. I usually have a better memory than everyone on the show, but in this case, I'm lost. No clue. No clue. So that's when we have to lean on short-term memory. And I got to go back real quick to conversations yesterday and last night. Um, Casablanca Rick, one of our listeners, was making reference to our uh, big fella wardrobe convo that you need to upgrade, diversify your wardrobe for the football season and especially big events coming up when you're on camera at the paper. So uh, he's under Bobby X on Twitter. He said, wearing a polka dotted shirt while staying in a $400 a night motel six is tight. Okay. I know you need time to work on the polka dot shirt. Like uh, Mark Spears had on a uh, big fellow working with ESPN. He was doing a stand up yesterday with Stephen A. Smith have you secured lodging for the Conor McGregor Garth Brooks weekend? Uh, I have not. Uh, I think I'm going to stick out by staying at home that weekend. Uh, you are. You're not, nightmare. You're not, you're not going to stay down by the venues because you were looking last night. I guess uh, what the, uh, the the fight had uh, media rates, right? Hotel media rates, and even those were kind of through the roof. Listen, folks, like we are going to put. Vegas to a freaking stress test <laughs> on that weekend with 60,000 plus at Garth at the Al and then right down the road you're looking at you know 18,000 plus at the Fortress for Conor McGregor the city is going to be bursting at the seams and especially in that area of uh, you know Trump all the way down to Russell. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Well, for, first of all, if you don't have to go down there that day, please don't. Uh, don't add to the chaos and the craziness. <laughs> um, Personal but, fling. But, oh, yeah, but I know, like one of the you know one of the things that's been talked about, and I've heard people saying it. You know, when you when you hear how much parking's going to be, or how much of a hassle things are going to be. People are like, oh, it doesn't matter to me. I'll just get one of those rooms down there. I'll just stay down there. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I don't think people are ready for what kind of cost they're going to be looking at. Yeah. It's uh, it's quite the conundrum because if you want to stay down there, uh, your media hotel rate was what, north of 400 bucks? There's not a media rate. That was my – that was since I'm a platinum member at, at uh, Marriott uh, from staying on oh, the road so right. much. Because you're yeah. a fancy guy. That's right. 
Yeah, I don't even think I think uh even even UFC like media rate, they were just like they just threw their hands up. They're like, We can't get a media rate anywhere. Like, what are you talking about? Um so we were just yeah, we were just looking at whatever possible best rates we could get anywhere down around there and it was ugly. And then you started to look up and down uh Dean Martin and the Motel Six there is uh what, right at like four hundred bucks. I looked up Hotel Galaxy for you, that's only two hundred. <laughs> yeah. Not a normal it's rate not, for that hotel over the years. It's a nice spot. Uh, you know, walking distance for that price to get to the Al, it's actually not bad. I mean, I guess I'm assuming with all the money they're going to make, they're going to upgrade the place a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's our life now with uh, Major League Sports coming and the need for giant venues. And we've got, what, three concerts uh, coming up. There's actually going to be a concert before that one to, uh, you know, test out the, the big venue at the Al. So, it's here, man. Like we we've been looking forward to this. We've been talking about the city opening up. You know, we come crashing through in early June and mid June, and two weeks, three weeks of testing it, and now the the city is going to freaking explode. Get ready. This is what we've wanted. I mean, it's exciting. I'm, I can't wait for it. But um, you know, I, I think some of the ancillary things that go along with it uh, that we've been you know thinking about and talking about, and, and people are now seeing coming to fruition, are like, whoa. Like, this is what you were saying. Like, yeah, this is what we've been talking about. But that's good. It's a good thing. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll be talking about our NBA team, but not right now. we got to wait. Uh, so we look to the south to uh, watch the Clippers and Phoenix go out in the Western Conference final. And uh, listen, I guess maybe there's still a debate out there about how good Paul George is. <laughs> He's pretty freaking good. And last night he answered a lot of questions. I didn't know if the Clippers were going to have any life to him. Uh, they got play from, you know, their number two and three guy now. But Paul George went out there and scored 41. He freaking carried the Clippers. Yeah. And I, I mean, Paul George is a guy that I think I feel like not that I've been alone. I mean, there's like a it's a very controversial subject almost like is Paul George why? great? Why? It's crazy. I don't get, I don't get I don't why he's a polarizing figure. I, I don't know either. I mean, you know, you, you've got the, the nicknames and the, you know, playoff P and and the pandemic P and all that. And, you know, he never shows up and this whole narrative, like, I don't know where it comes from. I think the guy's unbelievable. Um, but then, you know, you do have those performances every once in a while, but if you look through the playoffs, he's been very consistent, 20 points, every single game last night uh, when they needed it, he was absolutely amazing. Uh, I've always been very high on the guy. I know it's kind of fun to, to, you know, jump on board and make fun of people uh, when they start this narrative, but I, I just don't see it. Paul George disliked by some. I don't get it. Uh, certainly not as disliked by many as these two guys. And we missed out because the Knights didn't make the Stanley Cup final. Uh, did you see uh, Sleepy Joe and Justin Trudeau? Looks like they forged a bet. I don't know what the terms are. I didn't see any follow-up on this. But uh, Trudeau tweeted out, two of the best teams in the NHL are facing off right now. How about a friendly wager, POTUS? And then he says, go, Habs, go. Uh, which will piss off like uh, 75% of his nation. Uh, and Biden just responds with, you're on, pal. <laughs> and now you think that's the tone. I, I think pal. Do we have an issue here? Pal's a, pal's a very controversial word. You think it's uh, like, you know, almost diminishing his, his status? I think there's some discord there. Because you can say it two different ways. Let me see if I can nail this. You're on, pal. Or, you're on, pal! Well, I don't think it was the second one. I don't think so either. Um, 
Is there actually a bet that has been consummated? I saw one commenter said, if the Habs win, Canada gets Alaska. If Tampa wins, the U.S. gets Toronto. I, I actually think that's a lot. Well, I don't, I don't want. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to say I'm cool with trading Alaska for Toronto. Well, I guess if the if if we if the U.S. wins behind Tampa because we all support Tampa, um, I guess we we wouldn't lose Alaska. We'd have Alaska and Toronto. Well, first of all, yeah. the city of Toronto is a pretty good get. I mean, I feel like if we're going to keep Alaska in the bet, we might as well just get British Columbia. Because you got that, you know, we have a contiguous, you know, path up to Alaska. Uh, I think that would be fair. Mm-hmm. And we get Vancouver, which would be cool. Wow. Um, you? I think, first of all, I think we should give them Alaska anyway. I've always kind of thought that, like, just give them back. Just take it. We don't isn't, really want it. Isn't there an obvious joke here? Do we really want to give up Alaska? Isn't there somewhere else we'd like to give up? And it, well, and, the, it, and it fits? Well, I mean, I'd like to give up Florida, but I don't really think that, that fits. Would, that, would, that, would be, yeah, that would be the bet. I mean, it wouldn't be easy for Canada to get here. Well, okay. Go ahead. Florida, Florida being a part of Canada is just the same as Alaska being a part of the U.S. Okay. Like, it's separated, and it's more a part of them. Like, just take it. I, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to give up Alaska right now. Like, I feel like we can kind of get something for it. We should barter. I feel like there's going to be some Alaskans in our audience who are going to be pissed off. Oh, they'd probably rather be part of Canada too. They're they're more Canadian than they are American. Just mm-hmm. keep them. I, I don't I don't really I don't even want Alaska anymore. Uh, I think I saw one person saying the loser has to resign. That's a bit strong. Like I, <laughs> I that's, that's crazy. I mean, it seems, I think, like a lot, it seems like a lot on the line for a. I mean, you know, it is a championship in a somewhat major sport, but Stanley Cup final is just that yeah. important. That not great. One of the leaders should just walk. I mean, lose I feel the, like town match. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like it's going to end up being something completely ridiculous, like maple syrup against you know apple pies or some nonsense. That's what they usually do. Um, oh. We could go. We could trade. Like they could, they could offer maple syrup, or I think that's you know a strong Canadian thing. And then uh, we could give them vaccine. Like they, they're fall, they're falling Ooh. behind. <laughs> I don't really like maple syrup that much, though. That wouldn't be good for me. Well, I mean, it's, people like it. Uh, after the game last night, do you think Trudeau's like, "What are you talking about? What bet?" Yeah, I'm not making. I'm not consummating anything now. Like, so we never agreed to terms. It's now Windsor for Alaska. He Windsor, might. Windsor, lovely city. I've, we've done shows from Windsor, but my God, that did not feel good last night. Uh, if you're on the the Hab side now. I said yesterday from a betting standpoint, that's exactly what I needed. So now I'm in good shape. I needed Montreal to get its ass kicked because I've now got uh, three to one on the Lightning to win the cup and now five to one on Montreal to win the cup. Now, listen, I don't win all of my bets. I do have to point out that I have single handedly ended both the O's road losing streak and the D backs road losing streak. <laughs> I, when I saw the number get so high, I'm like, I got to jump on this. And immediately stopped, done. Uh, of course, I bet the D-backs when they blew out the Padres. And now since then, they've lost two more road games. So, of course, I didn't jump back on. So, believe me, I have my moments where I'm on the wrong side plenty of times. Yeah, we all are. But it's it's fun. It's more fun to talk about the, the times when you put yourself in a great position. Uh, I'll, I'll also say, like, I know that you wanted Tampa Bay to crush them so yes. you can get a good number. 
But after uh-huh. watching the game, was there any thought of like, ah, I don't even need to be, I don't need to bet this. I, I'm in a good spot with my Tampa Bay three to one. Like just roll the dice, don't even take yeah. the five to one insurance. Yeah. Um, no, because I do that too often, and then you know things bite me in the ass. So sure, I'll take I'll, I'll take a little less off the original profit and uh, make sure that I make some money. I, I want to get into the game on the way back because um, it was very one sided. Man, listening to the, the analyst, it sounds exactly like what people were saying about the Vegas Montreal series after game one where Vegas got out to the quick start and crushed the Canadians. The other one is, and we got to address this on the way back. Is it every series, every fan base thinks that the officiating is against them in the NHL? My God. And then the other one was the flopping in the game last night. NHL players are acting like soccer players. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100. Cofield and Company. I don't know where this trolling bull has come from, where it's the internet controls the narrative about these players. It's, it's becoming foolish, man. Like I said earlier in the year, that's one of the most special players that ever laced his shoes up. Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins stepping up for Paul George. We'll get to that in five minutes. Um, I have an important question about the whole Paul George issue, and I'll put that in quotes because I'm not really sure it's an issue. I feel like the media is just continuing to push this out there. I'm part of the media, but uh, when we're lacking storylines, sometimes you just keep pounding the same stuff over and over and over again. So we'll ask Adam if it's a real story. Uh, Adam, last night, Montreal really didn't compete at a high level, especially down the stretch, against the Lightning. That was a mess. Uh, I saw already the Canadians fans are bitching about the officiating. And there was some stuff on both sides where you're like, eh, should there have been a call there? The uh, the Gallagher play where he's bulldogged into the ground. I mean, I th- do you think that was obvious? And that should be a big fine? Or is it just the way that Gallagher fell and then his head busted open? I mean, I feel like it was the way he fell. Um, I, I I don't have a huge problem with it necessarily. I think it was probably missed. But, um, again, like, things are going to be missed. It's, it's going to happen on both sides. Officiating is just not very good. That That's the bottom line. And I think when you're – when you take the emotion out of it and when you, you know, take a step back and you're not, um, you know, a crazed fan – uh, you can just kind of see sometimes. Like, I, I'm anti-officials all the time, but it's not usually that they're, you know, mad at one team or the other or trying for one team or the other. It's just that they're not very good. And, and I, you know, I, I'm not going to say that they, you know, missed that call because they want Tampa Bay to win, uh, like a lot of people might in the last series. I, I just think it happens. They're not good. The slash, Shea Weber gets a $5,000 fine. For slashing Kucherov, did you did you watch that moment in the game or at least the video? Man, it sort of looked like an innocent poke to the back of the leg, and Kucherov really sold it well. So much to the point that he went down in a heap, bounces off the boards, and then immediately looks at the referee like, "Okay, come on." <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think especially when somebody comes into the series hurt, I think that they're going to be a little bit extra 
um, like, hey, they're going after me. Make sure you watch this. And if something does happen, I'm going to make sure to sell it so that this does not happen, does not happen more in the series. Um, I, I feel like that might have been a little bit of what was going on. But at the same time, I, I you know, I, I often see, you know, diving or embellishment and that sort of thing. Sometimes it just things hurt more than we think they do. But that is possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm getting blasted, blasted in the back of the leg. By a hockey stick. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not entirely comfortable saying that you're selling the call because it, it, it freaking hurts, I'm sure. Yeah. And it, it's very hard to gauge how much something hurts by watching it from afar, especially on video, not having the right angle and all that. Like, you, nobody ever I'll, knows. I'll just, so much I'll just say hurt. Kucherov did bounce up pretty quickly after making oh, sure yeah. that the first saw him, and, he, and, and then he looked okay. He, he kept going, for sure. Like it, wasn't, thought, it wasn't Serena today who, like, I, I've rarely seen – We'll play the highlight of it later on. I've rarely seen an athlete go down, and she's like, I'm done. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. She knew right away. Yep. Um, but sometimes, I mean, yeah, so I, I haven't either, especially at a, a, a competition that important. Uh, it was like a, you know, a major tournament where you're like, I'm going to do everything I can to possibly stay in it. Uh, but sometimes, you know, high-level athletes in particular just know their body really well, right? I mean, I think that they – Did you – I mean, you're a high-level athlete. Did you keep sure. – did you try to keep going on once you heard the pop in your calf last week where uh, you supposedly now have a, a shredded calf? It's partially torn. It's not okay. shredded. Okay. Um, if it was shredded, it would be I like the word shredded. Yes. Sure. But you can, you're, you're hobbling around for the last week. You knew. Uh, well, I knew because I heard it, and I didn't – you know, it was a foreign sound that I didn't really understand. Sure. Um, but then I, you know, I, I didn't try to keep going, but I took like a step, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but I would have known. I think I would have been able to say, after taking one step, like, yeah, this is not going to happen. Um, but that's you know, those are those are injuries, and I've, I think she got it too. Like, there's we all know there's a difference between pain and injury. Um, and I feel like she she just knew. She was like, okay, yep, that's an injury. That's not good. So she's out of Wimbledon. Um, the Paul George thing, and I say thing, I felt like we dealt with this a lot. Over the last, uh, I don't know, four or five years, where you'd see a story and it's like, some are, you know, people are at people, people are outraged over this. And you'd look and you're like, who's outraged? Like two commenters on social media? Like right. the suggestion is there's like a whole group of people that are, that are outraged. They're offended. I really feel like at this point, there's a small group of like Laker fans and then a couple of NBA fans who got annoyed with playoff P and the Lakers fans are annoyed that, you know, Paul George LA guy from Palmdale landed with the Clippers. Who are these Paul George critics? Cause I don't see them. And he went out last night, scores 41. They win. They stay alive. The Clippers still have a chance. And then the storyline is he proved the critics wrong. Like he's already had big games. They're advancing and winning games without Kawhi Leonard. There are no critics. There's not this giant number of critics. Now we're just now we're just freaking squeezing the blood out of every ounce of this turnip. This is stupid. I don't know. Send out a tweet and say how great Paul George is. I mean, maybe not today, uh, but before yesterday. And and here's the other really? thing. Like, you see that much of it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if you God. like, when you said like one or two commenters on social media, um, I have I have put. Uh, tweet deck columns. You know that I do that like when I'm watching games all the time and just like throw columns up there. Okay. And if you put if you put a column for like 
playoff P and like Paul George. Um, and then pandemic P was the other big one. But, you know, if you do like a playoff P column during a, uh, a Clippers game, it's just nonstop. And, and I feel like part of it isn't even, I, I think you're right that it's, it's kind of a narrative that people just jump behind or whatever. But I think it, it, it became the cool thing to do. It became a trendy thing to do. So I, I don't even think people oh, necessarily. Like, like, like Cousins said, it's so lame. It is. It's dumb. And, and by he's the way, a he's, 20, he's a top 20 player in the league. He's getting paid what he should get paid. Um, he Is he awesome every game? No. There's hardly any players at that level. He's a really good player. Stop. But isn't he I, – I could be wrong. But I think I saw the stat on the screen last night, but I could be wrong. But I think he's about to join a pretty historic club of players who got 20 in every single playoff game during a playoff run. <laughs> okay. Because I don't think he's had less than 20 in any game this playoffs. Okay, so what are we doing then? It's it, you know what I mean. People, like, just ignore if people if people go with the same stupid narrative in the face of facts and performance and what they're seeing, then that's on them. You just ignore them after a while. You you, you would think so, but but I think it, it's one of those things that became so trendy and so cool that a lot more people did it than would have normally. Like a lot more people that might not have even noticed or might not have been like oh this is funny like i think people jumped on him they were like well i don't even know if this is a real narrative like i it's just fun to do and it's a fun game i still believe that there are certain things that players do sometimes off the court that some fans can never let go of and with paul george it's opening up and talking about struggling with mental health in the bubble last year and i just think people have it in their head this guy's a pansy for doing that well, that's and how, we, pand- that's how we, pandemic P came around. He had some former NBA players who were like, I don't want to hear that. Like, okay, well, who cares if you want to hear it? Um, frankly, if you want to go to a, a different area, um, I think I think Ryan Reeves, for some NHL fans and some VGK fans, like, they can't stand him. Some of them here in Vegas. I think a lot of it goes back to last year and actually speaking up a little bit about racial injustice. We had, we had some jabroni try to sneak in a call the other day. Where I don't even know what he was saying. I just heard you know, something about the, the, the flag and this, and I'm like, whatever, bro. Just let it go. But people get these, these dopey narratives stuck in their head, and there's nothing the player can do on the ice, on the court, to erase it. For them. Well, I think that's definitely true with Paul George. And, I mean, to Ryan Reed's point, I think it, it was – there already was this, hey, he's just a thug. Right. And, then, and then that stuff last year – um, solidified that in people's minds, or, or for whatever reason, that want to just be idiots. Um, and then along, and and but I think to the Paul George point, which we were talking about, it's absolutely what happened. It's it's hey, this is what he is. He's not great in the playoffs. He's not great in the postseason. He wilts under pressure. All these other things. And no matter what he does, after last night, like oh wow, finally Paul George. No, not finally. He's been really good. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Raider Nation! Let's go! Let's go! Raider Nation! Let's go! Let's go! Raider Nation! Are you ready for some football? You're listening to Cofield and Company. Everyone's like one of the best. He's the best receiver you know, in the NFL. You know, the guy is unbelievable. I, I will be recruiting very hard. So when that time comes, uh, it will be a full-court press. Ah! Here we come, baby! 
Uh-oh. You know, we rolled out the story yesterday, and it was like, yeah, some throwaway comments from Derek Carr. We joked, uh, is it tampering? You know, Carr's talking about the best receiver in football. Is that insulting to Henry Ruggs? And we, we were going tongue-in-cheek. You don't take it too seriously. It's just a guy kind of unplugged at a local golf tournament, Fresno, ABC 30, with the credit on that. But, listen, these are about the four weeks when the NFL slows down to a crawl when it comes to news. So, in Green Bay, I saw uh, – What's his name? Schneidman, who we used to have on as a Raiders guy, and now he's covering the Packers. He was all over it. You know, you start stirring the pot like, Derek Carr's going to steal Devontae Adams from, from the Packers. Here we go. It exploded. Q Myers covers the Raiders. Lockdown Raiders podcast. He does his show in Texas in uh, Waco, and he gives us a couple minutes every Tuesday. What's up, Q? Hey, how you guys doing, man? How you guys doing today? Uh, real good. Did you like how this story took off? You know, just a casual conversation, Carr saying he likes his buddy, he would love to play with him in the future, and now all of a sudden it's exploded. Yeah, it really has. It's taken off, and, you know, again, like you said, that's his buddy. They went to college together. Uh, He's a really good wide receiver. The Raiders need a really good wide receiver. He is going into the last year on his contract. Aaron Rodgers has a question about what's going on in Green Bay. So I do think it was very just, hey, he's just shooting the bull about his, his buddy and would like to play with him. But I also think he's he's planting the seed a little bit. Like, hey, man, huh, there is an opportunity here if you do want to go. I personally don't think Green Bay is going to let him out of town. I think that's the biggest deal. We all forget that they have the ability to, uh, to place the franchise tag on him, and he's not going anywhere. But uh, I think it's, it's nice to plant the seed, and I think it gets the fan base stirred up a little bit. And you don't have a problem with him taking shots at the other Raiders receiver, saying that Adams is the best receiver in the league? He is. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm kidding. He, he he would be the best wide receiver. And I talked about this when uh, Julio Jones was out there available. Julio Jones would have been the w- best wide receiver. Now, I know Darren Waller is there, but he's technically a tight end. So, if you look at the wide receiving core, Julio Jones would have been the best one. If they were to land Devontae Adams, no doubt about it, he would be the best wide receiver on the team. So, it's not him really taking a shot. These young guys got to grow up. You know, it's really more just like, hey, that, that would be a number one dude. I don't have a problem with that at all. So you, you know, you mentioned a guy like Darren Waller, who absolutely is one of the best receivers in the league, even though he's not a wide receiver. Uh, there was an ESPN story talking about the most vulnerable depth situations in the NFL, and they listed the Raiders' tight ends uh, as one of those spots where there's vulnerable depth behind a star player. Uh, I will, I will say, I actually think Foster Moreau has a lot of potential to be a really good tight end. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad either. I really like Foster Moreau a lot. I think he showed a lot his rookie year before he got injured, and unfortunately he didn't show a lot last year because he had Jason Witten sitting in front of him for one reason or the other. I think a lot of it had to do with the transition to Vegas, and I think John Gruden and company wanted a little bit more leadership in that locker room, and that's all fine and dandy. Plus it it also gave him an opportunity to kind of get a little bit healthier. So I know a lot of Raider fans were upset by the fact that Foster Moreau's snaps were limited, but I've seen him in – He's doing some work right now. He's working on his one-handed sideline catches. This dude is so sneaky athletic, and he was so sneaky athletic coming out of LSU. They just, at the time, didn't throw the ball and didn't have that offense like they did when they won the national championship. He wasn't there for that. But he was really good at uh, LSU. And so I think that, man, the Raiders have a gem. And I think at some point they'll have a good one-two punch between Darren Waller and Foster Moreau if they can use some two tight end sets out there. That's really dangerous. Foster Moreau was an out standing young tight end in this league. Then the other uh, ESPN analysis kind of thing that came out this week, 
uh, was talking about biggest questions that are still facing teams after the offseason. Uh, they list the Raiders' offensive line. It's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting one because obviously they got younger and cheaper on the offensive line. That was the plan going into the year, and they did it. Uh, I I have some optimism that this offensive line will be fine. I mean, you got to remember, as good as that unit was last year on paper, they really didn't play together very often. There was a lot of injury issues, a lot of age concerns. Like, there's a chance this offensive line is, is going to be okay. I feel pretty confident in it, and the reason why is because, just what you said, that unit didn't play together very much last season, and uh, when they did, it was it was nice, but it was very limited. And then Tom Cable had to go ahead and mix-match pieces. You know, he had to put one guy here, Denzel Good here. Then he had to, you know, put Sam Young here. Then he had to have John Simpson come in at times. I mean, there were so many guys that were having to play different roles because there was so much, um, you know, influx in that offensive line. There was no continuity on that offensive line. So if he was able to pull that off last year, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, I will say that he's earned the benefit of the doubt because a couple seasons ago coming out of Seattle and you saw the, the issues going on with their offensive line, everyone was concerned like, uh-oh, <laughs> they've got issues in Seattle. How is he going to make the, the offensive line with the Raiders very good? But over the past couple years, he's proven that he has really uh, been able to put these pieces together. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that Andre James, who they've been seeing in practice for a couple years now, is going to be the guy there at the center position. Of course, they have John Simpson, who they drafted out of Clemson in the fourth round just a year ago. Alex Leatherwood, they were very high on him, took him number 17 overall, and he, he sounds like he's got a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove exactly why they took him number 17. I think that that will be the biggest question, though. I think the ESPN article is spot on because until you see it actually happen on the field, you won't really know. It has the makings of being a really good offensive line if it can all come together. Richie Incognito, he's got to stay healthy. You know, he wasn't able to stay healthy last year. So if they are able to come together and, and, and be that one cohesive unit, then, yeah, they'll be cooking with grease. But you won't really know until you start seeing them in action, and that's not going to happen until well, that first week, uh, that Monday night football game at Allegiant Stadium against the Ravens. This one's for both of you guys. First cue, then Adam, we're talking to Q Myers. So last week or so, when you saw Trey Turner, veteran dude, sign with the Steelers, Moses Morgan, veteran, sign with the Jets for Q, did you think to yourself, eh, maybe the Raiders should have been in on one of these guys because their deals, at least from the base, is pretty cheap. Listen, I, Villanueva going to the Ravens, it's too much money. But right. you, know, you don't want some veteran presence, a little more depth with some guys who have done it? Yeah, no, I do think that that was something that the Raiders could have done. I, I was really thinking that they were going to take a look at Morgan Moses. I really did. I thought he was a really good player. I think he is a really good player and uh, has an opportunity to, to you know play a couple more seasons and be a solid piece on an offensive line. Um, I, I don't know if they were in on him and he wasn't in on them. I, I have no idea, but they didn't make that move. And so, again, just kind of going back to trusting Tom Cable and he's seeing the pieces that he wants out there. Uh, he got younger. He got more athletic in the offseason, so maybe that was what they were going for, the younger athletic, the more uh, able to, to execute that zone blocking scheme a little bit better. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that that's what they, they saw and they are confident in their guys. We'll see if it backfires on them. But right now I feel like there's a lot of young dudes on the offensive line. They just got to go out there and prove themselves. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know that they weren't in on on them. Like I, I you know, they could have been kicking the tires and asking around, and maybe the guys right. just didn't want to go. Um, you never right. know how those things work out. But I, I think that they should and probably are, um, you know, talking to everybody and 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 you know, figuring out where they can make improvements. I, I think this is a roster and a in on this. I think it's a roster that is not done. I, I I think that there's a good chance there's a couple of guys that are different by the time training camp starts. 
Yeah, I think that the, the roster continues to be tinkered with. I don't think that Mayock and John Gruden, I don't think that they just go ahead and say, hey, we're, we're a finished product, we're good, this is the best 90 guys that we can bring to camp, and then we'll whittle it down to 53. I think that they feel pretty comfortable with the depth across the board. But again, that's 90 men right now. It's not 53. So my, my big question is, once they whittle it down to 53, will they still be deep on the defensive line? Will they still have some quality depth on the offensive line? Will they still have some quality depth at the wide receiver position? Because that's a lot of talent that is going to be cut from you know one position or the other. So that's what really interests me the most. Right now on paper, of course you don't win anything on paper, but right now on paper the depth of the Raiders are, are, is like way more depth than they've had in a very, very long time. I just want to see what it happens when it cut down to 53 men. A little NFL and, and college football crossover here on this one. Discussion going on the last couple of days on social media, and uh, PFT jumped in on it with the headline, coming NIL explosion could have significant benefit for college football. Some players may be more likely to stay in school longer, delaying their entry to the NFL draft. And I think of a couple of guys like Jamie Newman, who's already been dumped yep. by the Eagles, uh, Sam Ellinger, who was you know a guy that a lot of people thought a hey, you know, legit prospect, um, do you believe this, that there's going to be enough money where players are going to say, you know what, I'm going to stay around? For certain guys, I do. You know, like you mentioned Sam Ellinger, I, I was told that he could have made $1.something million at Texas. You know, and I don't know what he's going to be in the NFL. So I could see him wanting to stick around a little bit longer or someone like that of that caliber that is making some pretty good coins because they've, they've received multiple endorsement deals and they don't know what their status is going to be. A lot of these times, guys, we talk about, players leaving to go to the NFL because they feel like they have to because of their, their financial situation. Well, if they're getting a little bit of a vacuum, and when I say little, it's a nice little chunk of change where they feel pretty comfortable where maybe they can stay in school and develop for an extra year and then go to the NFL and make some more money, I, I think that they would consider doing that. I think a lot of guys get desperate and they get hungry and they want to go make that move, so they do, and then it backfires. Like you say, you, we see guys get washed out of the league before they ever get started. NBA playoffs. You feeling good about the Clippers? Can they do this? Man, <laughs> we have this Clipper conversation every week, and I bury I them every week and say that they can't get it done. And every single time I say they can't get it done, they bounce up and they get it done. I, I just couldn't believe the Suns didn't put their their uh, their their foot on their neck last night and, and allowed them to, to go back and, and win that game and, and really do it in dominating fashion, now head back to L.A. I, I think the Suns still win this, this series. I just can't get myself to say the Clippers are going to do it. But one thing that stood out to me, and you guys have probably already talked about this, Tyron Lue, Ty Lue, the coach, when facing elimination, 10-2, and two, which is the best in NBA history by a head coach, minimum 10 games, and then Ty Lue with chances to clinch a series, 12-1, and one, best in NBA history. I don't give him a lot of credit. I never do. Steve, you know that. I've talked about, you, I've talked about it before with you. But, man, that's a, that's a record that you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't argue. That's a heck of a record. He gets those guys ready when uh, when it's crunch time. Back against the wall. The other series back tonight. Oh. I feel oh, like boy. it's really dangerous to trust in the Bucks when they're in moments of prosperity. And this one looks pretty prosperous. Trey Young probably not a hundred percent for the rest of the series. So I wonder what everyone's going to do for this game tonight if the uh, Bucks get out to a commanding lead laying six and a half on the road or if they do what they've done often in these situations and they spit the bit and they relax man I, I, that's a great question i'll tell you right now i don't feel comfortable if i'm atlanta or, or if i'm atlanta hawks fan i do not feel comfortable at all in this game 
Um, that ever since Trey Young got injured on that freak accident, stepping on the referee's uh, foot, he just he, he wasn't the same. Even when he tried to come back into the game, he just wasn't the same. You could tell that he didn't have that explosiveness. He just didn't have hardly anything. And I hate that for Atlanta, but that's and that has ended up in the theme of these playoffs: injuries to big time players. That could be the injury that dooms Atlanta. And I'm with you. I don't want to trust Milwaukee because I haven't trusted Milwaukee all the way up to this point. But somehow they get things cooking, and I, I just I don't know if Atlanta's got enough in the tank. And especially with a Trey Young injury, to be able to overcome this. That might have been the death nail for Atlanta. I, I just I tend to believe that whoever wins this game tonight is going to win this series. Well, I was sad to see Trey Young hurt. Uh, yeah. I was really, really sad to see Serena have to go out of Wimbledon wow. in the first round. I don't know what the injury is. I haven't seen an update, but it was one of those where she immediately knew something was wrong yep. and that was it. And Again, like you know, this is like you were saying with the Clippers earlier. You keep you want to bury them uh, with the Williams sisters. Like, how long can they do this? Serena's thirty nine years old. Right. Uh, I feel like you know today might be another one of those moments where it's a handwriting on the wall, and eventually this is going to run out. Yeah, you know, and I, I hate that. I'm a big Serena fan, and Father Time is is undefeated for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what sport you play. Father Time's undefeated. It's funny. I heard Venus Williams this morning talking she was being interviewed by chris everett lloyd and, and some others and they asked her about that about the longevity how she's still cooking right now at her age and she said and it's funny because she's really quiet but she just came out and said you know what i don't know i'm tired of talking about it don't y'all have another question for me like it was a great answer because she's just she don't know she's just going out about her business but serena it's been a while since she's won anything of, of, that matters uh she's been being defeated by these younger stars that look up to her for so long i, I just I think Father Time is undefeated. I was talking about that on my radio show, and I was so excited to see her. She was warming up while I was on the air. And then, sure enough, about 20 minutes later, my mom texted me and said, Serena just dipped out because of her, uh, her injury. She had to retire. And apparently what I heard, it was a knee injury, and I hate that. But you're right. Watching the video, she knew exactly that it was over. As soon as she did it, she started crying. And, I mean, I just, it just you hate that, man. You hate to see that from a star. Let's close on a positive note. How crazy Vegas is getting. Uh, we've yeah. got massive concert coming up, the first of uh, three biggies at the Al. Uh, we're going to have Wilder Fury here in town. We're going to have uh, Spence and Pac-Man looking ahead yeah. to next year. We've got the NFL draft uh, also looking ahead to next year. Now we've got NHL All-Star Weekend, which yeah. it just, just packs the schedule. 2022 for Vegas is going to be sick. I'm so excited about that, man. Uh, I, I was so disappointed when the NFL draft couldn't be there last year like it was supposed to be. Or not last year, but the year of the, the pandemic when it was supposed to be. Uh, that stunk. Uh, I already had my, my flight already planned and everything. I was good to go, and obviously it didn't happen. Uh, Vegas is a place where everyone wants to be, man. All these all these different events. The Golden Knights, they've earned. They've really earned the, the, the All-Star weekend. They really have with the way that they've been able to play ever since they've been in existence. Obviously coming up a little short this year, but, man, what a run they were on. It was incredible. That atmosphere is incredible. you got to give hats off to all the Golden Knight fans out there that make that possible. Um, I'm excited about that Guns N' Roses concert at Allegiant Stadium. You know, one of many that are going to be there. So many different W. SummerSlam is going to be there. I'm not even a wrestling guy, but SummerSlam, I know that's a big deal. I, I just, It's going to be on and cracking, man. Las Vegas is the place to be. Very excited about the opportunities that are going on out there. Q, thank you. Good spot. We'll talk to you. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Keep it up. There he is. Q Myers doing radio in Waco, does the uh, daily Locked On Raiders podcast. Damn, we got to get Q 
out to Vegas. He's got to make a road trip out here. Come on now, Q. Speaking of road trips, let's do caller 11 right now. 364-1100-364-1100. First show is sold out, but they've added a second day for the uh, Cruel World Fest. It's actually at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, and we've got tickets. Pre-sale for the tickets uh, for the second show begins on June 30th. Noon Pacific, caller 11, 364-1100, It's Cruel World Fest. You got uh, a lineup including Blondie, Echo and the Bunnymen, Morrissey, Violent Femmes, Missing Persons, and many more. Caller 11, 364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, my... Goodness, no. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Uh, Chrissy, you were saying that uh, yeah. somehow this has got to be addressed. I don't it know how sure you does. address it, but it's a grass court. You're going to slide on a grass court. What are you going to do? It's just a horrible way to go out. She was playing so well. Freaking nightmare. My favorite, Serena, out at Wimbledon. Something happened there. She stepped the wrong way, and... I was courtesy of uh, ESPN um, call. Uh, we just gave away tickets to Cruel World Fest. You can get your own tickets starting on June 30th at noon Pacific. Go to cruelworldfest.com. Our latest winner is Brian. We're about uh, 25 minutes away, 28 minutes away from giving away some more of those tickets. So stick around, especially if you're a fan of groups like Blondie and Morrissey and English Beat. So that's coming up. In the three o'clock hour, uh, we're all hyped up because we're getting all these big events announced right in Vegas. And by the way, this th- that show, Cruel World, is actually in Southern California. It's at the Rose Bowl, which is a legendary venue. But we got all our new venues, right? And now we're starting to pile up the schedule. So August twenty first is SummerSlam. I'm right on that, right? Do I have the wrong weekend? Am I right on that? That's correct. Okay, I'm right on that. I, everything's getting so I'm getting frenzy. Everything's so crowded. Um, actually. Jimmy Fallon got in on this because he was talking to Cena, uh, who may come back. That's the big mystery. Um, ooh, what do we go with first? What do we go with first? Maybe we go do we go with Triple H first. Do we go with what Cena was saying? I say we go with Triple H as he was kind of setting this thing up. That could be the big moment at SummerSlam as uh, John Cena needs to be coaxed away from Hollywood. I have not spoken to John Cena personally. Uh, he's got a lot of things going on. Uh, Fast Nine, Suicide Squad. He's got a ton of movies coming out. He's got a ton of projects happening. He is a busy guy. No one works harder than him. Um, But I can tell you this. If there is something that would draw out John Cena to be back in the WWE, one, he would just need to have the time because he loves it. But two, it would certainly be Allegiant Stadium, August 21st, 70 plus thousand fans going crazy, crazy, absolutely crazy in a brand new NFL stadium. That's a pretty big carrot to get John Cena to step out of Hollywood and come back home and come back into the WWE. Unbelievable. Triple H showing no discipline at all. Then Cena goes on with Jimmy Fallon and continues this whole thing. This is crazy. John Cena might be in Vegas. There's rumors that you're returning to, to, to the ring. Those rumors are true. I'll, be, I'll definitely be back to the WWE. I just uh, I don't know when. Okay. But the, so this, this got my fans freaking out. 
Okay. Yeah, so I, I posted that back in May. I was feeling rather nostalgic about the WWE, and I just wanted to post the logo. And uh, some people took it as I was returning immediately, which that's not the case. But uh, I haven't had my last match, and I can't wait to have my next. Well, you have giant movies coming out, like giant, giant, well, giant films. Well, that's. I mean, uh, very fortunate. You know, F9's uh, this week. I'm very excited. Right. Yes. Uh, my sources say uh, Cena will not be in Vegas, and they've got a house show in Sheboygan in December. That's his return, Adam. My sources. Um, I have pretty good WWE sources. Oh, you do? Are you going to try? You going to try to come over the top, huh? Uh, Turn that hat here. around, punk. Not only will he be here, Steve. I had no idea he wasn't in the WWE anymore. <laughs> Uh, why would you throw cold water all over all the excitement we built up there? I'm not. I'm just saying he's going to be here. I, I mean, when I was talking to people about who's going to be, you know, performing, they were like, ah, Cena, that's a big one. And I was like, okay, cool. I just assumed he was like champion or something. No. All right. We're head to head on our sources here. Yeah, I, say he's, I say he's not coming back to Vegas. Adam is virtually guaranteeing John Cena is going to be back. How long has he been gone? Uh, when it comes to pro wrestling, Frankly, folks, I mean, who do you trust? The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.